0: Okay. Welcome to our podcast here. Uh, My name is Pat Nemmers, and normally I'm on the other side being interviewed by a guy, by Abe. He's kind of my sidekick here. But I am joined here by the legend himself, as he's known around here, a former uh, pastor on staff here at Saraville Church, now a pastor on staff at one of our church plants in the Engage Network New City Church uh, in Ankeny. This is Chuck DeClean. Hi, Chuck. Thanks for joining us. Well,
1: it's good to be here, Pat. I consider this a privilege and enjoy the subject I think we're going to be talking about, so I look forward to this.
0: Well, it is a subject that's very near and dear to both of our hearts, and those who know us well know that it's near and dear to both of our hearts. I say it sincerely that I feel like I sit at your feet at this in this particular juncture, and yet, as you well know, it's... It's a passion of mine as well. Well, we're
1: all learners, so everybody's learning from one another. I learn things from your son at Mm. times, and I enjoy that. I am ready to learn. In fact, I just went out with a group. It sort of has a charismatic bent. I wanted to go with them as as they spoke to high schoolers, and I don't totally agree with exactly how they do evangelism yet I really enjoyed myself, and I'm so thankful for their heart. Um, just a great experience yesterday with them. We were at East High, and uh, as they chatted and I chatted with a basketball team, the guy that I'm working with, his name is Mark, looked at the uh, at the taller guy who plays at East, and he found out that his uh, his uh, grandparents were pastors and he said how would you like to lead this group in a word of prayer he said i'd like that so a group of ball players and him around he led led in a sinner's prayer which i just it was <laughs> it was fun to watch it's just you just yeah. love and it's some of the kids they make fun of it when we're there but i still i learn from these guys, I just learned.
0: So we don't. So without getting into the ditch on this already, we're talking about evangelism and discipleship. But you're you're saying we don't have to embrace everyone's full theology to appreciate if they have uh, if they have a, a a good theology of salvation in that they believe that it's Christ alone by faith alone through grace alone. Yeah, uh, right. we can rejoice, like Paul says, that uh, whether Truth or
1: pretense, Christ is priest, or preached in this I will rejoice, right? Right. Philippians 1, such a powerful passage, and that you preached on that not very long ago. And uh, it just reminds me there's so many people I don't totally agree with, and I think every personality can learn it differently. Yet you rejoice yeah. when his name is announced Amen. in, in Amen. praise. So I enjoy it.
0: Well, we are talking about the subject of making disciples. I preached on on this subject on Sunday in our series on the life of Christ. We're looking at his post-resurrection life. I'm a little envious. You mentioned our uh, my son, uh, Pastor Jason, will be preaching on the ascension itself, that, that Marvelous event in Acts chapter one. Yeah. and then followed by John preaching on the uh, intercessory ministry of Christ the following week. Uh, i'm I'm looking forward to those messages as well. Yeah. But for now, we're talking about these, these the great marching orders of the church that Jesus gives. The As I mentioned in the message, uh, quoting H.B. Charles, the, the last command of Christ should be the first priority of the church. I thought that was a great statement. That is you? a
1: great statement. Yeah. That is a great statement.
0: And as you well know, because you've preached this very passage several years ago in this very church, uh, that the command in that passage is to make disciples, and out of that command comes all those participles which to go and to teach or baptize, teach, et cetera. Right. Um, Right. Before I go any further, I want to show uh, those who are viewing audience as well as those watching or listening to the podcast, uh, this little booklet we have here uh, called Learning to Be a Fisher of Men by Chuck DeClean. Chuck, uh, you contemplated something like this for a while, but it took a friend of yours to tell
1: you to get it done. How did that happen? (laughs) Well, my wife recommended it a number of years ago, but you, on the very day that COVID shut down all the churches, and we were trying to think through, well, what are we going to do if we can't really spend time with people? And you looked at me and said, it's time. It's yeah. time to write a book. So I used the COVID time to try and put that together. So I thank you for your push, your gentle, or maybe not so maybe gentle not so push. Gentle.
0: <laughs> it's a great little book. And what I love about this book is not only the truth of it, it tells some great stories. It has Chuck's own personal Bible study, which he developed and we ourselves use here at in the back of the book. Uh uh, he found a very renowned individual to write the foreword in the book. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. very a, renowned. We won't say. <laughs> yeah, we'll that pass. Over we don't want to be yeah, No, no. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, but uh, but you self published the book. Uh, how can we get a, How can somebody get a hold of this book?
1: Well, I have copies. Faith Baptist Bible College also has copies that you can buy, and that would be the easiest way to to get the book. It just got translated into Spanish down in Ecuador. Um, they, uh, a a guy that I saw come to know the Lord who's in the ministry. Now he just lost his wife to COVID. I was Mm -hmm. just down there and his daughter's been working on the Spanish translation. So they just got it done and I had him print up a hundred copies and, another guy that I came to know the Lord said, I want 50 copies right now so that mm. I can pass them out. So I don't know. I, I pray the Lord will use it a little bit down there as well.
0: Okay, so our listeners could go, again, it's called Learning to Be a Fisher of Men by mm-hmm. Chuck DeClean. Uh, the bookstore at Faith Baptist Bible College and Seminary in Ankeny, Iowa, right. sells these. If you're interested, get a hold of them, and they'll they'll make sure you get a booklet. All yep. right? Yep. Okay, That's very exactly good. right. So Chuck, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, making disciples. In order to make a disciple, um, uh, assuming somebody is not a disciple yet that we're working with, how do we even, uh, uh, let's just start with the connect point. Because I think it it is this very point that a lot of Christians super, super struggle with. In fact, I won't name a name, but I, I remember an individual... Who, for many years, would walk around the church with a tract that would be protruding out of his uh, coat pocket or his shirt pocket, with great intentions. He always had a tract on him, a gospel tract, and uh, and he would give out those tracts, uh, and that would be a way of evangelizing for sure. But he uh, he rarely, in fact, I don't know of any evangelistic fruit in his life. I I think he just came out and he'd say, hey you need to read this because you need to be saved or something like that. And, you know, it didn't really uh, help his situation. And a lot of people would never do that, but they wonder, how does Chuck to clean make so many friends and win so many people to Jesus? Could you just help us out a little bit? There's some of us that are out there saying, I
1: want to make those connections, Chuck, but I just don't know how you do it. Well, it is, you know, cause I look back at, 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 my time when I turned to the Lord, and it was done through someone who had built a friendship with me, and I'll never forget that because I was raised strong in a strong church. I wasn't looking for another church at all, and if someone would have just come up to me and handed me a track, and I don't want, oops, I don't want to downplay that because there you do sow seeds by giving out tracks. So I don't want to downplay that, and right. I've done a lot of that too, but. The idea is, is I think if you're going to make a lasting impression on someone and you're going to see them on a number of occasions, you want to try to build a friendship and then you venture into the things that the Lord wants you to talk about. So I, on purpose, for instance, when a new neighbor moves in, which I've just had some new neighbors, the first thing I want to do is not jump in and talk about spiritual things, I just want to know them. I'm a curious type of guy. And if you want to get to know people, that's really the key, loving people. I want to know what makes people tick, what they're like. It's interesting because I just went back to Milwaukee and have visited with grade school friends that I have not seen in 50 years plus. Mm -hmm. And we sat down. And the very first thing as we sat down, I looked at each one of them, it was only a group of five or six, and I said, I want to know what's happened in your life since grade school, and I would listen intently, just listen, and very interested, and we went around the table, and I loved every minute of it, and then they turned to me, in that situation, they turned, well, Chuck, what happened to you? Well, I had the joy of saying, well, the most interesting thing that happened yeah. to me, and I was able to share Christ, but through that you build friends. In fact, one of those uh, ladies has called me back. She started to read. I sent her a book, sh- and she, I think, has come to know the Lord. It's wow. been very, very interesting. Wow. But loving people—that's yeah. really the key to it. So the patient—that
0: I've learned that from you, Chuck, as well. You know, I'm sort of the anti-Chuck. You know, I'm the evangelist. I'm that guy who can very easily just jump on a soapbox and go for it. You know, uh, wasn't very successful at ever. Of, at ever winning people that way and yet the lord has used me over the over the years and and about 20 some years ago as i started to watch the way you were handling yourself i saw these things in action in fact i remember a story i don't even know if this person came to know jesus that isn't the important thing here I remember you uh, making a call and you were telling us about a call you had made and the man was an NHL, a National Hockey League fan, and you didn't know anything about hockey. This was many years ago. And uh, so before you made the second visit to that guy's house, you, um, you learned everything you could about the NHL <laughs> and you could talk intelligently about it. And I remember you sharing that and I remember thinking, God, that's what I'm going to do. And so um, I, you may or may not, I think you know the story of, uh, of Brad, I won't mention his last name right here, but he was, a, he was a young man, he's probably about 40-ish now, he fought in Afghanistan in one of the epic battles in Afghanistan, the very first Bible study my wife and I did with him and his wife during COVID was over Zoom, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was our first time we were meeting. So I asked him what he did and he said he well he'd been in the military for a while and his wife nudged him, "Come on, honey, really tell tell Pastor Pat what you did." Well, then he went on to talk about this incredible battle that he had been involved in and that 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 particular battle had, was all over YouTube and documentaries have been written about. And I was just so I was writing these things down and the whole next week I watched several uh YouTube videos and read up on the battle so that the next time we could talk I could talk about that. In fact, we talked about it so long we bar- we barely got into the Bible study. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know about 3 weeks later because and he even testifies to this day the fact that I he said he couldn't believe how much I leaned into his story which made him say, I could trust this guy, and today he's a faithful
1: follower of Jesus. You know, with and that's a great story, and that's exactly what we're talking about. But to make friends, the simple thing you have to remember is you have to find out what the people really like to talk about. Mm. If you listen to somebody and you find out they have a bent towards this, then if you can bring that subject up, they'll talk with you more because they enjoy that matter like i was talking to a family member and she has a son that um is she has a real difficult time communicating with because they don't have anything in common and i said well what does he like well he loves sports and she named the team and it was the bucks because it's out of Milwaukee i said well then what you need to do is you need to follow the bucks and just at least share some things. Hey, you know, I watched the game the other night or watched part of it or listened to it. And that person will start to talk to you. And so if you can find things that they like to talk about, not necessarily you, but what they like to talk about, they'll enjoy talking to you. Mm. And as you do that, then you start to make a friend. And then They'll come back a lot of times. Well, what what do you enjoy? And then all of a sudden there's a, a give and a take, but you have to initiate that.
0: Now, Chuck, as you talk about this, what just came to my mind was we've been talking about evangelizing somebody, making that connection. But I think this applies to, to just
1: discipleship in general, does it not? It, it does because I... And in the book, I talk about this. I was pretty mechanical when I would share the gospel. I just, I thought numbers. I want big numbers. I want all sorts of people to be saved. So, But when you read the Great Commission, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, make disciples. And making disciples speaks about a longer relationship, not just sharing the gospel and seeing something. It's longer than that. So you want to try and build a friendship however you do it, because then it's very natural to make disciples because they want to spend time with you, and then you can just follow through on it.
0: I want to read a little passage of Scripture you're familiar with, and, and this discussion to me remi- makes me think at the heart of it all, this is what we're talking about, is, is what the Apostle Paul meant. You can agree or disagree. You let me know. Okay. You're familiar with this passage. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. I have become all things to all people finish the statement
1: that we may win some. Yeah. 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 So isn't that sort of what we're talking about? It really is. It really is because you're trying to identify with people and learn what they're like and you want to become like them in their culture to better understand them and it allows you to communicate much better with them when you do that. Yeah, That's why I love to watch pastors who are going to pastor in a certain area move to that area right away so they're right in the community. Sometimes I hear about pastors living 10 miles away from the church. Tr- I don't get it. You know, you want to be right within that community so you're you're one of them. So Which, I of think, course, is the
0: philosophy of the engaged Network. Yes. Uh, that the lead pastor is the first one to move into that community. And then uh, hopefully most of the core group in our in our, our very latest uh, church plant, your very own son-in-law up in Huxley, Iowa, moved up there. And a number of individuals, two families from our church, your, your neighbors from right across the street, in fact, moved into that area to do that very thing.
1: And, you know, I just talked with Stephen today, and uh, he has a couple that's coming to his church and I've met them a number of times. I go up there and help in the mornings. And the guy took a a, a sign for the church up there, put it in his yard. He doesn't even know the Lord yet, but he, <laughs> That's awesome. but he only lives he lives four or five houses from where Stephen lives. So Stephen thought I didn't preach very good this morning. So he's driving home. He drives home, and he notices this, one of his you know. Uh, Church signs right in the yard of this guy. Whoa, that really encouraged me because he's right there and he's going to start a Bible study with him. That's great.
0: Okay, let's uh, just, so maybe for the balance of our time, we could talk a little bit about the guts of discipleship because surely there's people watching and they're listening right now and they're thinking, okay, 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 I get it. I need to make friends. I need to do, I understand that. Yes, I've heard Pastor Pat talk about that. Yes, I've heard Chuck talk about that or I've read some book on that uh, let's just say that we've made friends for Christ's sake, and we've actually got in there and we've led somebody to Jesus. Uh, and, uh, so then do you just drop them off at the church and go find another friend? How does discipleship work? Uh, what, uh, what kind of thoughts, resources, books in the Bible, uh, where do you go, uh, typically, what do you typically do with somebody that you have uh, have been able to
1: make a disciple, so to speak? I'll and I'll go back and forth with you on this. Sure, I I think no, you don't stop then, especially if if you've done a Bible study and and they've trusted the Lord, um, and if they're not going to your church yet, then that's where you want to go next. You want to say, you know, you can learn more. You want to come with me? Join me at church. So you want to make sure that they come up to the church so they can start to learn what what a Bible-teaching church is like. Now, if they're already coming up, you still don't stop with them. I normally, depending on, because I do like to get towards new people, but remember, if these people just trusted the Lord... They could have friends and neighbors that might want to do the study. So these are good opportunities to continue the work of evangelism, which is good for them as they share the word. And uh, But I'll say, you know, why don't we just keep reading? The, the Gospel of John is a great book. So why, do you have the practice of reading the Bible? And it's, well, no, no. Okay, let's do this. Why don't you read one chapter per day, Monday through Friday, and when I come the next time, we'll talk about those first five chapters. So Mm -hmm. I normally start there and start to get them growing so that they're reading. I also want to see, because a person can make a decision, it may not be genuine, I want to know if the Spirit of God is teaching them to confirm that, yeah, a real decision I think has been made because they're learning and I wanna see that. So Okay, you've said if,
0: you've said a couple things there. I yeah. wanna cap I wanna kinda capture them before we get away. Yeah. So all first of all, I'm hearing you say you're going to continue meeting with them with some kind of regularity. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh you're going to give them um some assignment. It doesn't have to be super heavy. In your case, you might give them uh reading a chapter a day in the gospel of John. Mm -hmm. This uh, allows you to have discussions around these things. You're also saying, let's not keep this to yourself. Uh, You've just, you've just entered into the greatest relationship of all time. Wouldn't you like some of your friends and family to do the same? And by the way, I've seen this uh, repeatedly in my own life. I mean, these uh, individuals who come to Christ are so excited That's one of the fruits that I see is this, that desire to tell other people about it.
1: Yes. And that would confirm that. You're right. You're right. So what are some of the other fruits? Uh, You just said something
0: as well. You said you, you want to make sure it's a real decision. Uh, The two of us have been around for a long time now. You know, uh, you, if we added up both of our years of ministry, it'd be a lot of years. Okay. Uh, And a lot of joyful years. We've had, we've had heartaches. We've seen people make decisions that uh, they didn't follow through or they right. broke our hearts in some particular yeah. way. Yeah. What are some of the things you look for that says to Chuck to clean, yeah, this is the real deal here?
1: Yeah, I think, one, their willingness to tell other people is one of them because if it's real to them, They'll want to tell somebody else. That's the way it worked with me. It's the way it worked with you as well. So I do look for that to see, and I'll bring that out in our studies. I'll say, look at, hey, Andrew brought you know, Peter, and, and then they got Nathaniel. See how they shared that. It, it, are there some people? So I do look for that. I okay. do look for that. And then I do look to see if when they read, if they learned something. Hmm. I, you know, because if the spirit of God has come into them, he's going to open up the scriptures. So I want to know if they're learning something from the word, that would be another indicator. And then I think if now, sometimes you work with people that are going to other churches, so you have to go a little bit slower, but if they're not going, then an invitation to church where they could listen to the word and how they interact with other people is important yeah. as well. So I look for all of those things. I see if they do have a desire to to tell others and the burden to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I would add is I always, the, some of the fruits I look for are joy. Yes. And, right. And gratitude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when I see joy, and you, I always I always think those two characteristics, joy and gratitude, you can't fake those for very long. No. You might be able to fake them for a little while, but not for long. If there's real joy, heaven-sent joy, and there's real gratitude for what Christ has done for you, that just sort of comes out, don't it you agree? Does.
1: It does. We have one lady in our small group who thought she was saved. She's an older lady, and she started to come and the joy that she had, she couldn't stop talking about yeah. it. And that's that's always great to see. That that's so, always great.
0: So when you when you're into these studies, we're talking about making the you know you know you. Uh, we should also agree that if somebody has truly trusted Christ and they're progressing, eventually they would want to identify with Jesus publicly in baptism. Exactly, exactly. And so we look for that step of obedience uh, uh, and the willingness to to learn. To be learners, you said you want to see if they're learning something. And I suppose out of these discussions in John's gospel
1: or whatever, uh, theological discussions will ensue. Am I yeah, correct? They will. Yeah, And you do look for people, if they are genuine, they're going to have a lot of questions. That's been my experience. Mm-hmm. That is another thing. Well, what about, in, yeah. and they always want to see the answer coming from, from scriptures as well. Yeah. But, you know, even after they, let's say they follow through their reading, and, and then they get baptized I still don't necessarily let them alone every person's a little bit different but because the way we have our churches structured with small groups I won't let them alone until they're very you know they become part of a small group and are growing with a small group yes and, and, and it's fun to watch that and then you may back off a little bit work with someone else whatever but you still never leave them i mean the people that you've had the joy to work with um i still work with several couples from sailorville just to encourage them and i enjoy doing that that's a joy to me and down in south america and you know so yeah discipleship just keeps going if if you can yeah so i i won't
0: tell you to fish in your own pond okay no (laughs) uh, no That's all good. I mean, in fact, uh, we're sending out some missionaries uh, that we led to Christ several years ago to Ireland here. We're uh, commissioning them this Sunday night. But uh, sometime in the next month, we're going to get their small group together with our small group, both small groups comprised of about 10 to 12 couples that my wife and I have had the joy of leading to Christ Yeah, uh, somewhere in there. And uh, over the last, you know, several years here. Yeah. So we're going to have like a party for them. And it'll be another way of connecting with some of those individuals that I don't yeah. get to talk to as often.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: That so. That's really good. Um, so uh, how about scripture memorization? Do you ask people to memorize scripture? You know, scripture? that
1: is a weak part. Let me admit that. That's what I like what you do. And I need to incorporate that more is is scripture memory because that is so so valuable but i i have not done a very good job with that so i'll just be honest with that
0: yeah i'm kind of i'm pat and you know that i'm passionate about that i don't really overwhelm them uh we we have uh we have a little thing i think you've seen it 30 verses every christian should know we try to get these uh these young converts to start memorizing just some of those basic fundamental verses. In fact, the the second line of scripture that I give every new believer is an obscure one, but it's, it's Romans 5, uh, four verse three, where it says, "What does the Scripture say?"
1: Yeah, that's a so. Great...
0: I I always want them to think that way. Uh, so the first one is Second Corinthians five seventeen. If if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, yes. all things become new. Yeah. But the second one is Romans four verse three which again asks the question, what does the scripture say? And then we talk about that sure. because a lot of them are coming from these broken families, these uh, cultic families or these high church families or these uh, sacramental type of family uh, churches where the, the gospel is either not there or it's very, you know, cloaked or clouded. And, and so they often have to, they interact with their family members all the time. And so I want the very first question that they ask their family members when they go back and forth is really right out of the scripture.
1: What does the scripture say? Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. So yeah. I need to get better at doing that.
0: Well, so you, you do have room to grow. though. Oh, I have a lot of room to grow. <laughs> a lot of room to grow. Chuck, uh, uh, I, I hope that this podcast encourages uh, those who listen who are followers of Jesus to, um, uh, to be bold, because it does take boldness. Let's be honest, it's not just natural for anybody to just interact yeah. with others about Christ. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
1: You know, one thing I maybe bring out here, too, and and it may be that God has gifted certain ones in the area of evangelism, not everybody, and I think we need to understand that to expect. I used to expect everybody should be doing exactly. I don't necessarily push that anymore. Tim Keller said something that I always enjoyed. He said, in your lifetime, you'll probably make about 12 good friends. That really caused me to think mm. a little bit. And I think for most of us, we don't make hundreds and hundreds of friends. We make a few. And I think if you can really work with the few and do a really good job with that, your the fruitfulness will go way beyond those, let's say, 12 friends. But I just think it's reachable. Don't look for hundreds. Look for God, if I could just reach one friend, if yeah. I could make a friend and have a spiritual impact on that friend and just enjoy working, if God gives me another one, fine. In other words, I don't want it to be unreachable. I want it to be reachable, and it is. Yeah, It is reachable if, if we just look for someone. And I, I do want to bring out prayer. My heart dies when I'm not faithful doing this, and... And I want that heart there, and I do cry out to God, help me to make friends. And I have people pray for me, like the Apostle Paul, you know, when he did it in Ephesians, and for me, that I might have the open doors. So prayer is very much a part of this. And so praying that way that you would have the open doors, because we're not up to any of this, and we can't save anybody. Yeah. God's going to reach people, but it's a joy if if you can participate in what God's doing. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to conclude with this story. Uh, I actually shared it in the sermon on Sunday, but it's absolutely worth resharing because my heart w- just left for joy when uh, this gal in our church uh, told me about this a week ago. So when you left a couple of years ago, there were uh, there were not a few tears that were shed. People come to know and love you. Many had come to know Jesus through your ministry here, and uh, this particular gal, her first name is Emily, came to me and she had tears in her eyes. Was, you could tell she'd been crying because you were. It was the night your last night here, and um, and I talked to her and she said, "I'm sad." She goes, "But I, but I'm also encouraged because whenever I heard Chuck teach about." evangelism I always went away thinking I can do this Mm. and so when I heard that we did a module uh, John Nemmers and I uh, probably a year later titled conversational evangelism which is our whole philosophy of evangelism yours too Mm. and uh, but it was subtitled I can do this Mm. and it was from Emily uh, referring to you and that was two two and a half years ago and uh, just last week, Emily, who has been evangelizing ever since, has been praying for God to open up doors, was praying last week as she was studying the book of Hebrews, and then had a woman come to her and ask, told her she was really struggling with the law. She was not a Christian, and the result was a Bible study uh, took place, and she's having a Bible study with that gal right now. Oh, How cool the is Lord. that?
1: Yeah, praise the Lord.
0: But that's the fruit of your ministry, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, I'm grateful to God for you, and may the Lord continue to give you good health and opportunities to win people to Jesus, disciple young men like John Nemers, who esteems you, rightly so, very mm-hmm. highly.
1: You know, just as we close, and as that's a great story about Emily, but we all have unique personalities, and there are people we can reach mm. that no one else can mm. just because of how, and that and makes life exciting. God, where where are they? Who could I connect with, yeah. you know? That's how I live life. Am I going to connect with someone today that I can really? It's fun to live life like that, but God will use us to yeah. do that. Very quickly, very briefly, we never know who's
0: listening to these podcasts, Chuck. There are some people out there listening to this who do not have a relationship with Jesus, but perhaps they feel sort of pulled in. What would you say to them as we close
1: our time to today? The greatest thing is that we all come short of what God wants us to be. We're sinners. Jesus died on a cross and he paid the price. And the greatest thing is he wants to give to us His righteousness, for he has made him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. And my greatest delight is if you'll put your trust in his sacrifice and resurrection, he will grant you his righteousness, and you enter heaven on his righteousness, not your own Mm. That's the greatest story and the greatest news. And I pray that if there's someone that's listening that has never done that, the joy of putting your whole trust in Christ to gain his righteousness is the greatest news you could hear.
0: Amen. Thank you for that final word, Chuck. And thanks for listening to our podcast today on evangelism and discipleship. Amen.